from the heart of our nation's capital, here's Family Research Council President Tony Perkins. Well, happy Tuesday to you. Thanks so much for tuning in for this edition of Washington Watch. Coming up, President Biden gave a speech in the Rose Garden today on Medicare and Social Security, again claiming success with the so-called Inflation Reduction Act. And we're doing all this by bringing down the deficit at the same time. You hear about us being big spenders? Well, they raised the debt by $2 trillion. We've reduced the deficit my first year, 2021, by $350 billion. Okay? Well, it sounds like the Inflation Reduction Act is a political and economic cure-all. Will it, in fact, reduce health care costs? Will it bring down inflation and reduce the debt? We're going to talk about that a little bit later with North Carolina Congressman Dr. Greg Murphy. And speaking of spending, Congress is in town for just a few more days until they recess until after the November election. At the top of their to-do list this week is another temporary funding bill that will keep the government open beyond Friday night when it runs out of money. Now, I have to tell you, this is not a good way to run a government. But in this age of divided government, it's become a reality. So what do we need to be watching for in the next few days? We'll get answers from Oklahoma Congressman Kevin Hearn. He's the chairman of the Republican Study Committee's Budget and Spending Task Force. Also, the Washington Free Beacon uncovering more Biden administration taxpayer funding of transgender indoctrination. I know that's not new, but in this case, we're talking about children as young as two years old. We're actually going to get the details from the reporter who broke this case, or broke this story, Patrick Hoff. He is a reporter at The Beacon. In a related story, there are some who are cashing in on this transgender craze that is taking many children captive. And the female to male bottom surgeries, these are huge moneymakers. Now, Dr. Lineker, who's our surgeon, says that there's entire clinics where the entire clinic is supported just by their phalloplasties. And that is like a fraction of the surgeries that they're doing. These surgeries are labor intensive. They require a lot of follow-ups. They require a lot of OR time. And they make money. They make money for the hospital. All right, a little hard to hear, but that was Dr. Shane Taylor, university professor and physician at the Vanderbilt Clinic in Tennessee, talking about bottom surgeries and how they make money for hospitals. Now, the New York Times out with a story yesterday about top surgeries. What is all this terminology and who's making money on this and who's being taken advantage of? Well, we're going to talk about this with Dr. Jennifer Bowens. She joins me later to discuss this alarming trend of promoting transgender surgeries on minors. The website is TonyPerkins.com. Lots of resources there for you, so be sure and check it out. The word for today comes from 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, a very familiar passage. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and forgive their sins and heal their land. Now, this was God's response to Solomon's prayer of dedication of the temple when he asked that God would hear the prayers of his people when they prayed toward the house that was built for his name. Now, this was a promise to the Israelites. However, the principles still apply to us. If we return to God, he will turn to us. Few Christians would deny the fact that our nation needs healing. We have strayed so far from the truth of God, and our children are now paying the price. Pray, seek intimacy with God, turn from what we know to be evil, then the Lord will will hear and he'll heal. 
Don't wait for someone else to lead the way. Each of us are empowered to pray. Legislators are back in Washington this week looking to pass a stopgap spending bill in order to avoid a partial government shutdown starting on Friday. The continuing resolution, or CR, under discussion would extend spending until December, as well as provide $12 billion in aid for Ukraine. Now, this sets up another funding fight after the election when accountability will again be two years away. So not a good way to do business. But joining me now to talk about this and more is Congressman Kevin Hearn. He is a member of the House Ways and Means Committee. He represents Oklahoma's first congressional district. Uh, Kevin, welcome back to the program. Tony, it's great to be with you, and I want to personally thank you for your dedication to the Word. Uh, that's, that's really special, and like you said, we need to be closer to God now than ever. I mean, you see it every day with the policies that we're dealing with. It's the uh, the contrast between good and evil has be- become so clear. Uh, but unfortunately, just like we're talking about this funding bill, um, th- there are some things in here that are very problematic. Well, when you look at, first of all, we got to ask ourselves, how did we even get here? You know, we're three days from the government shutdown, and Nancy Pelosi has been in charge of the House of the Democrats for four years now. She's never produced a single budget, not one. Uh, uh, you know, it's, it's a fact check. You know, so often we hear people talk on, on news uh, reports that talk about stuff that's just simply not true. That is a fact. And when you don't produce a budget, as all Americans know, uh, you're going to have a problem. And she's done it. And she said early on, you show me your budget and I'll show you your values. Uh, she has produced no budget, so therefore she has no values. And the values of Ben is just increased spending. I, I saw the lead in with Biden saying that he had cut the deficit. Oh, my goodness, we came out of a place where uh, we didn't know what was going on with the pandemic. I would hope that we would cut it. If he did nothing, we were going to cut the the deficit. And so here we are uh, running up to the last minute with a continuing resolution that's just poured a lot of pork barrel in there. And what you'll see that's absent from that continuing resolution is any security of our southern border, any energy security, or anything to do with the inflation. It's more spending to go to Ukraine, it's more spending on things that are special interest for the Democrats. And the American people are are fed up with this. That's for certain. Now, I, I want to get to the process and what people should be looking for the next uh, 72 hours. But I want to go back to something you said, because I'm glad you brought it up, because I like, you know, you're on the Ways and Means Committee. You're on, you, you work with the budgets. The president has been saying this. I've reduced the deficit. We've we've cut the deficit by a trillion dollars. Well, you made the point, and I think people need to understand, yes, we had the emergency spending as a result of the government shutdown of everything because of COVID. And so as a result, they had to spend that money. So, as you said, it would be anticipated that that one-time emergency spending would not become normal. But they've actually rolled a lot of that into normal spending. They have. If you go back and look under President Trump and the Democrats, Republicans, it was the one time that everybody came together to try to save a nation. And we did the American Rescue Plan back back with CARES Act uh, to rescue America uh, because we weren't sure where we were going to go. And it was a tragedy. What happened? A million lives lost. Uh, we saw President Trump work on Operation Warp Speed. A lot of money spent on that. And, and he did a lot of great things under his leadership. And Democrats were happy to help as well in a bipartisan way. It was probably one of those times, it's a rarity in today's politics where you see Democrats and Republicans coming together. 
And now then you have a Democrat president, a Democrat Speaker of the House, and for all intents and purposes, a Democrat Senate that are doing things that are just incredible. When you look at spending almost $5 trillion since he came in office, it's just insane to see what's going on. And that's why we have inflation where it's at. Not my word as, an, as a Republican, but people that worked in the Obama administration like Larry Summers and Jason Furman, who said early on, and, and American people can go look at this at the Bureau of Labor Statistics and go back and look. And when the inflation started, and it started when these Democrats in the House and the Senate and in the White House uh, did the American Rescue Plan last March, and we started seeing the rampant increase in inflation. I think it's important, Tony, if you go back and look at January of last year, of 2021, just last year, inflation was at 1.7%. It's, it's right. just unbelievable where we're at today. So the what they did is they added fuel to the fire with yet more rescue spending when we were on the tail end of the pandemic. But then this Inflation Reduction Act that the president was crowing about today, that's another $700 billion. How in the world is putting that much more money into the economy reduce inflation when you've got the Fed trying to throttle back the economy? Well, never in our history, we talk about inflation being uh, as high as it was some 40 years ago. But the fiscal policy today, uh, I think we have to go back to 1981 when Ronald Reagan became president and had a strong fiscal policy and saying, saying we need to cut taxes, we need to put money back in the American people's pocket. Today, you have a president who wants to take money out of the American people's pocket by raising uh, you know, taxes on corporation by hiring 87,000 new IRS agents to go out and uh, shake the, the, the pocketbooks of American small business and individuals uh, to find all the money you can. All the while, we have the highest revenues in the history of this country at almost $5.1 trillion, yet we're continuing to spend money uh, like it's going out of style. And, and even people, when they looked at this long term, even the economic policy advisors of Joe Biden have said the first inkling of we're going to see if any inflation reduction could be two to three years from now. Uh, that's an eternity in, in Washington, D.C. Well, and soon to be forgotten with the next bill coming along. Uh, Congressman Hearn, I want to ask you about the the, the CR. It um, has a hiccup over in the Senate. That's where the action really is at this point, because the Republicans can stop it. Uh, what is this measure that Joe Manchin has managed to get onto the CR that the Republicans are opposed to? Well, Joe Manchin uh, was everyone's hero on the Republican side of being the lone holdout. He and Kirsten Cinema on various uh, attributes of, of the $3.5 trillion Build Back Voter, uh, Better program. And uh, he was a hero. And he, he said, I'll, I'll only pass if I can get some permitting uh, guidelines in there that allows more uh, oil and gas and pipelines in West Virginia, where he's from. However, uh, he made a lot of Democrats mad. And so a lot of people walked away from supporting him. So now he needs some 15 Republicans to support him in the Senate, which uh, they're not happy that, that $749 billion passed in this, uh, this scaled-down Build Back Better program did. And so now that on the House side, I guess we're going to know here in about 14 minutes or so, 15 minutes, of whether the Senate's going to actually pass his, his uh, permitting process in the CR. So my guess is that they won't. And so we'll have a CR coming out of the House that we will vote on most likely on Thursday. And we will see how that goes uh, to avert a shutdown, a government shutdown on sometime Friday afternoon or over the weekend. Uh, but uh, so Joe Manchin is not going to himself. 
Well, let me ask you about uh, Manchin's provision, because he's he's saying this is going to help our energy situation. So politics aside, is his permitting uh, measure that's on this, it, would it be helpful to the energy industry? Well, I, I actually had an energy roundtable uh, in Tulsa this, this past Monday, so just yesterday, uh, and talking about this. And everybody knows that just because you change the permitting process doesn't mean you change the, the passion or, or the fever that's going on in Washington, D.C. with the administration and the Democrats to go after oil and gas industries. Uh, they feel like it's going to continue to be bogged down. Uh, every Republican that's in oil and gas producing states like mine here in Oklahoma or Texas or North Dakota or, or wherever you may be are not feeling very comfortable with what Joe Manchin has pushed. This was a very self-serving thing that Joe Manchin did. Uh, we were all warned that Joe Manchin was doing this for his own purpose because a lot of the, the pushback on pipelines that he was talking about were done at the state level, which the, there were no federal purview for. So this is backfiring on Joe Manchin. Uh, he's been on numerous TV shows trying to uh, rattle support from the Republicans to get it on board. But uh, I don't think he anticipated as many Democrats walking away. And in the House side, the progressive party, the far left wing of the Democrat Party, has said there is no way they're going to support any permitting yeah. in the CR uh, coming out of the House. Right. And so we, we expect to see Nancy Pelosi uh, push the CR out with no permitting in it. Very quickly, we're up against a break, but is a partial shutdown of government possible? May we see that? I, I believe so. Uh, based on how clean they can make this continuing resolution, I think it will be very marginal. Uh, they're going to have to pull the permitting out on the House side. I think on the Senate side, they're going to have to push it out, which is going to make a lot of Republicans okay. against it. So I think they're right. both Schumer and Pelosi are working hard on this. All right. Kevin Hearn, great to see you. Thanks so much for being great with us. You. Folks, stick with us. We're back after this. Would you like to spend consistent time in God's Word? Then join Family Research Council on an exciting journey through the Bible. FRC's two-year Bible reading plan helps you to approach daily Bible reading intentionally. You will dive deeper into the nature of God and how His Word speaks into cultural issues of today. All wisdom comes from God, and He has given us the Bible as a way to understand the world. His Word is necessary in our lives, so much so that Christ said, we are to live on every word that comes from the mouth of God. He calls it our daily bread because we need it daily to sustain us and nourish us spiritually, just like food does physically. Start this adventure today with Family Research Council. When you sign up, we'll text you with daily passages and questions that help prepare you for conversations with your friends and family. To begin this journey, visit frc.org slash Bible. First Peter 3.15 instructs us to always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks for a reason for the hope that we have. The mission of FRC's online center for biblical worldview is to carry out that verse by training Christians to advance and defend the faith in their families, communities, and the public square, as now more than ever, we need to be grounded in the truth of God's word. The Center for Biblical Worldview provides amazing written resources for a wide range of relevant issues, including biblical stances on voting, religious liberty, abortion, marriage, and sexuality. Each of these topics comes as a free downloadable PDF version, abbreviated version, and Spanish translation, along with a prayer guide. To access this written series or to sign up for the Center for Biblical Worldview's monthly newsletter, visit frc.org worldview.
Did you know that from as early as 12 weeks, and certainly by 20 weeks, an unborn child can feel pain? Did you know the issue of pornography is growing among women? Did you know that pornography, sex trafficking, and abortion are all linked and on the rise across the globe? Issues such as pornography, human trafficking, drug legalization, and abortion are all violations of human dignity and have resulted in the devaluation of human life in our culture. Family Research Council stands firm on the principle that every life has value, ought to be respected, and has been designed for a unique purpose. Educate yourself on the harms of pornography, human trafficking, and abortion so that you can offer hope and help. Learn more at frc.org forward slash life. This is Washington Watch. I'm Tony Perkins, your host. Good to have you with us on this Tuesday. The website, TonyPerkins.com. President Biden delivered a speech today on health care, Medicare, Social Security. He used the opportunity to praise his misnamed Inflation Reduction Act and criticize the Republicans' commitment to America, their agenda. I wish I could say the Republicans supported this pro- progress in reducing health care costs and strengthening Medicare. That would be good for all of America. But they have a very different idea. Every single Republican voted against the Inflation Reduction Act. And when it actually came time to do something about inflation around the kitchen table, every one of them said no, House and the Senate. The president today saying the Inflation Reduction Act was probably the best piece of legislation ever to be passed. I mean, it is, according to him, the cure-all for everything. Joining me now to discuss this is Congressman and Dr. Greg Murphy. He serves on the House Ways and Means Committee. Prior to his time in Congress, Dr. Murphy had a long career in medicine, including three years as chief of staff at uh, a medical center in a thousand-bed trauma center in North Carolina. He represents North Carolina's third congressional district. Uh, Congressman Murphy, welcome back to Washington Watch. Good afternoon, Tony. I hope you guys are doing well. Doing well. Uh, Greg, let me first just get your reaction to the president's speech today. Tony, I don't know where the the disconnect is between uh, President Biden and reality. Um, I think he's really started to believe his own fabrications. That was the most uh, misappropriately named bill I've ever heard or law that I've ever heard. It's going to absolutely do nothing for inflation other than cause it to be worse because of out of control spending. You know, I think it's very easy to see that the Democratic majority now loves to play upon people's fears and upon people's emotions, while at the same time ruining their the future of history of this country. And so um, for him to go off and, on Republicans, we're actually we're, we're the adults in the room. We're the people who actually care about where the money comes from, how we spend it, such to ensure a future for our country. And it's reckless at best, um, honestly, his words. And sadly enough, it's, it's destroying our country. The good thing is the American people see it because they see inflation that has literally gone out of control, the highest rates we've had in 40 years. The same thing with crime, the same thing with what's going on at our southern border. So the, the uh, Democrats love to say, um, believe what I say, not what you see. And so, um, fortunately, most Americans believe what they see, and they see this, uh, this party and this president destroying the country. So, Dr. Murphy, I'm going to get you to, to address the specifics of what the Republicans are proposing, because health care 
is generally one of the top rated issues that people care about when it comes to policies and elections. And now, of course, this time it's being eclipsed by crime, inflation, but health care remains a top priority. We've got so much stuff going on. But among the number of issues that the Republicans are focused on in their commitment to America, speak uh, as a doctor to what is being proposed by Republicans and how that contrasts with what the president and his administration is pushing. Well, we're talking about personal freedom. We're talking about the ability for individuals to choose their health care, not come down as government-run health care. Tony, I've been in medicine for over 30 years. I've run practices with uh, with my surgical practice. I actually still take care of patients. I operated yesterday and took care of some patients this morning. Um, I have seen the meteoric rise in health uh, in, in government intervention in health care, which is destroying it. This is the reason it costs so much today is because of so much government intervention. And the true fallacy that people have who claim about, quote, Medicare for all, truly don't understand what that means. Medicare itself is driving doctors out of business. And there's a very good statistic, especially after the uh, after COVID and after the uh, pandemic, which honestly, the uh, public health emergency should have ended 10 months ago. Um, we have one in five doctors that is planning to retire in the next two years, one in five. And if you look at surgeons, of which I'm one, um, it's even worse. And so for them to talk about how they're going to bring health care for all, they have simply, honestly, Tony, no comprehension of what that means. And so actually trying to help our individuals in the business of medicine and also provide care to patients, not worrying about bureaucrats, is really where the Republicans are trying to uh, make a true integral effort. We get knocked a lot of times by the Democrats who play upon emotion rather than reality that we don't care. It is literally just the opposite. We care not only about the present, but we care about the future. It is simply um, a democratic ploy that wants to play upon patients' patients' emotions, that we want to take away Medicare and do all those other things. Absolutely absurd. Medicare is uh, is a non-solvent um, entity as we move towards the future. We want to assure that it's going to be there for all Americans uh, for all as long as we can make it very, very possible for them. Dr. Murphy, I want to speak about the future for a moment because you talked about one out of five doctors preparing to retire. Worse for surgeons, my, my daughter is in the medical field. One of the other issues that you're addressing the Republicans' commitment to America is, is addressing is the conscience protections of medical uh, those in the medical field, which has been trampled upon by this administration. So you, you have this this gap that is beginning to be created with people leaving the field. But when you don't respect the con convict the convictions and beliefs of, of those that want to pursue health care, I mean, we're going to have a huge void. Well, right now in medicine, um, sadly enough, Tony, what we're seeing is what we've seen in colleges and universities um, for many, many years. I was on the board of trustees of my alma mater at Davidson College, and um, I saw under the last president the college turn from a very reasonable, balanced institution to one that was so far left it was not vis it was it was it was not recognizable anymore. You didn't have balance anymore. It was only teaching one view. And sadly, now that has gotten permeated into medicine, where you're having in the state of California politicians tell doctors how to practice medicine. And this is where it is where now in medical institutions now it's getting further woke, as it were, 
um, that you have to talk about genders and all these other nonsense things rather than worrying about a patient's cancer or worrying about their kidney stone and some of the other things. It's an absolute eye off the ball um, of what's happening because it's a, it, I love to uh, use this analogy. It's the emperor's new clothes. Everybody has to do it because, of, honestly, of peer pressure. Right. It's poor for the right. system, and it's going to damage our country. Well, again, another clear contrast being provided to the American people between the two governing policies of the two major parties. Congressman Murphy, always great to see you. Thanks so much for uh, joining us today. Thank you. Thank you so much, Tony. God bless. Have a good day. All right. Uh, Congressman uh, Greg Murphy, also a medical doctor. All right, coming up, your tax dollars are supporting a group that says children as young as two can identify as transgender. Two, you hear me? Two. We're going to talk about that next. Don't go away. Are you a university student? Do you know a university student, specifically one who wants to grow as a Christian leader to positively influence public policy and the culture? Look no further. Family Research Council has a life-changing 12 to 15 week internship program that has prepared and equipped students to take the next step in their professional journey. With a speaker series focusing on careers and callings, lectures from prominent conservative leaders, and weekly biblical worldview training, students will grow in personal and professional development. Interns have the opportunity to work in policy, communications, event planning, and more. They will gain real-world experience working directly with our experts who will guide them in pursuing careers of influence so that they can make a difference wherever God calls. This paid internship offers fully funded housing in the heart of downtown D.C., giving you the chance to experience our nation's capital. Visit frc.org internships to apply. What is biblical masculinity? In our culture of gender confusion, there aren't many examples of godly manhood. Men, husbands, and fathers need to find a model of godly manhood, leadership, and strength. But where can they find it in our culture? Stand Courageous Men's Ministry was created to help men find this model of godly manhood and to develop a strong biblical character, cultivate positive habits, build and rebuild relationships, and make commitments that will move men closer to God's good purpose and design. Men who will stand courageous. Join us at a Stand Courageous Men's Conference to discuss critical aspects of masculinity. These conferences are led by men who understand the issues men face. They unpack our role as a defender, provider, instructor, and battle buddy so that we can make an influence as a chaplain inside and outside the home. Learn more and find a Stand Courageous event near you at StandCourageous.com. I'm Tony Perkins, and this is Washington Watch. As we were just talking about the elections, we were talking about praying earlier. I mentioned this yesterday. I've got a pledge for you, a pledge to pray, to vote, and to stand. If you'd like to take the pledge and join with thousands of others pledging to pray for our country, vote in this upcoming election and stand for truth, text the word pledge to 67742. That's the word pledge to 67742. 742. You'll get a link, and then you can see the pledge and sign it. Pledge to 67742. We need to be praying, we need to be voting, and we need to stand firm for what we know to be true. 
Okay, Zero to Three is an early childhood development organization that has received more than $230 million in federal funding since 2008. And it's pushing an agenda that children as young as two years old, two years old, can show signs of transgender identity. Let me repeat that, two years old that they can show signs of transgender identity. They also encourage educators to use tenets of critical race theory when working with newborns. That's right, children who don't know how to tie their shoes yet are having this agenda pushed on them. Joining me now to discuss this is the reporter who broke the story, Patrick Huff, who is with the Washington Free Beacon. Patrick, welcome to Washington Watch. Thanks for having me on. All right, so Patrick, I thought this was something on the Babylon Bee. Uh, I didn't think it was real. That we actually have a taxpayer-funded group that is exposing two years old, two-year-old children to the idea of gender identity. Yep, that's correct. And not only gender identity, but also directly citing critical race theory, which is you know, we, we heard about that debate years prior, um, even before we started reading into these radical sex education curriculum. And the thing about this group, Zero to Three, is they are the go-to membership group for early childhood educators. And these are educators who go to houses and and work with young children before they even go into preschool. And this is the earliest level of education a kid's going to get from a teacher. And these teachers are being directed to identify transgenderism in two-year-olds. So, so Patrick, I want to make sure people heard what you just said. This is not just some kind of left-wing group that's out there. This is is like the group that people go to for early childhood education. So this is like, this is it. This is the big dog. Yeah, you, you got it. I mean, I, I encourage everyone watching, go to the Zero to Three website. You would have no idea. This is looks like a completely normal group, a completely normalized group. There's bipartisan support for this funding. They've been relying on it for well over a decade now. But this is a mainstream group but behind closed doors and these, this virtual conference they have, this is what they're discussing. This is what they're instructing teachers to do. That gender identity doesn't just start in kindergarten. I mean, that was unheard of a year ago. It starts before kindergarten, before preschool. It starts in your home when you hire, you know, a private early childhood educator. So is this group, I mean, usually there's political connections. So is this a nonpartisan group that's just interested in educating children? Or is there deeper connections to this ideology of the left? Yeah, so they claim to be non, nonpartisan. They're a nonprofit. Um, but they rely heavily on federal funds. It's, it's a massive portion uh, of how they operate. So they're really bankrolled by the federal government. And if you look at their lobbying expenses, they spend a lot on lobbying. And uh, last year, I was looking into this. All the bills they lobbied on were introduced by Democrats. So they're not working with Republicans primarily at all uh, to pass legislation. Um, you know, they're getting money from the federal government. They're using it to lobby in favor of Democrat-sponsored legislation. And then... You know, through these conferences, pushing this radical leftist agenda on small children. So, Patrick, uh, what agencies of the federal government are funding the zero to three? Yeah, so it's primarily uh, the HHS, um, and it's that's entirely clear what it's for. They've also received some money from the DOJ um, and the DOD, but uh, far insignificant to that of the HHS. I mean, over two hundred million dollars from the HHS. Um, and it's just for different initiatives for children, early childhood, childhood education. And, you know, for being fair, perhaps the HHS has no idea they push this radical agenda. But it's what's happening now, and we need to spread the word because it's the truth, and a lot of people don't know about it. 
Did uh, did the federal government respond to you? Did you request information as to whether or not they were aware of this? The, the federal government had no direct response to me about this push for transgenderism in two-year-olds, just push for critical race theory. They, they certainly dodged this question. So a final question for you, Patrick. A great story, but um, what else is in the pipeline for zero to three? Is more federal money on their way on the way to them? Only time will tell. I mean, they just got a, a new grant from HHS this month in September. Uh, so it's, as of now, continuing to go. Uh, but, you know, if they face enough pressure, we'll see. All right. Patrick Huff, good to talk with you. Thanks so much. Uh, again, great work uncovering this, and I appreciate you coming on Washington Watch today. Thanks so much for having me on. Have a good one. All right. I mean, this is where your your tax dollars your tax dollars working against you. This is why we need to be involved in our government. We need to vote to make sure that we don't have these types of policies that are going forward. And so again, I wanna encourage you in this coming election, coming up in November, we need to be praying. We need to be talking to our friends. Make sure you're registered to vote. Make sure your family is registered and friends. This is something you should talk about. You know, if you're in a small group at church, talk about it. If you have a Bible study, talk about it. It's a part of being salt and light. And then we've got to be bold enough to stand for truth, regardless of what the culture is doing. We have to stand against the cultural currents. So join with others and take the pledge to pray, vote, and stand. Text the word pledge to 67742. That's 67742, the word pledge, and you'll get a link. All right, don't go away. More on this uh, topic of transgenderism next here on Washington Watch. What is biblical masculinity? In our culture of gender confusion, there aren't many examples of godly manhood. Men, husbands, and fathers need to find a model of godly manhood, leadership, and strength. But where can they find it in our culture? Stand Courageous Men's Ministry was created to help men find this model of godly manhood and to develop a strong biblical character, cultivate positive habits, build and rebuild relationships, and make commitments that will move men closer to God's good purpose and design. Men who will stand courageous. Join us at a Stand Courageous Men's Conference to discuss critical aspects of masculinity. These conferences are led by men who understand the issues men face. They unpack our role as a defender, provider, instructor, and battle buddy so that we can make an influence as a chaplain inside and outside the home. Learn more and find a Stand Courageous event near you at StandCourageous.com. With the increase in tech censorship of conservatives and Christians, Family Research Council created a tech subscription platform to be sure we don't go completely dark due to censorship. It is important to us that we stay connected with you and that you stay informed. So if we get canceled, you can still access updates on faith, family, and freedom. How? Just text STAND to 67742 to sign up for our text alerts, and you will get FRC's content straight to your phone. Again, just text STAND to 67742, and you will get alerts on the biggest stories of the day. With just a simple text, always have access to our content and stay informed and connected with like-minded community. Text S-T-A-N-D to 67742. 
That's STAND to 67742. Are you a university student? Do you know a university student, specifically one who wants to grow as a Christian leader to positively influence public policy and the culture? Look no further. Family Research Council has a life-changing 12 to 15 week internship program that has prepared and equipped students to take the next step in their professional journey. With a speaker series focusing on careers and callings, lectures from prominent conservative leaders, and weekly biblical worldview training, students will grow in personal and professional development. Interns have the opportunity to work in policy, communications, event planning, and more. They will gain real-world experience working directly with our experts who will guide them in pursuing careers of influence so that they can make a difference wherever God calls. This paid internship offers fully funded housing in the heart of downtown D.C., giving you the chance to experience our nation's capital. Visit frc.org internships to apply. I'm Tony Perkins, and this is Washington Watch. This just in, uh, apparently Senator Manchin has withdrawn his energy plan from the CR, and so it appears that the Senate will approve the continuing resolution to temporarily fund the government through the middle of uh, December. All right, if you don't mind, I'm going to have a little fun here. I was, as I watched, literally, I was watching the president's speech today as he was talking from the Rose Garden about his, uh, once again, his Inflation Reduction Act and, and, and how it, it's just, he's, I mean, he said this. Go back and look at it. This is one of the best bills ever passed, if not the best. I mean, it is the cure-all. And I was actually thinking, you know, for me, all roads lead back to Andy Griffith. But I, I was thinking of uh, the, the episode. It was the episode with Aunt B and the Medicine Man uh, when Colonel Harvey was in town selling his Alexa. So uh, play, uh, play clip number seven, please. Now, what I offer you, my friends, is no medicine. It is far more than that. It is a tonic, an elixir, to purge the body and lift the spirits, to put a light in the eye and a spring in the step, a lilt in the voice, and hope in the human heart. That's the uh, Inflation Reduction Act, according to the president. Does all of that and more. Okay, back to work. A report this week from uh, the New York Times indicates that more teenage girls are seeking what has come to be called top surgery. Now, make no mistake about it. This is a double mastectomy on a child's healthy body, a minor child. That, and and, and there are there there are no official statistics on how many minors receive these surgeries each year. But we do know that hospitals consider these surgeries as significant revenue drivers. Now, many institutions aren't reporting them. They don't want to let people know what's going on. Now, the top surgery can cost as much as $12,000. Now, adolescence um, is a difficult time for children. But we're, we're pushing this, as we just heard, age two. We're confusing children, you know, as they're questioning different things, I'm sure that a two-year-old is not thinking about, uh, you know, having some kind of gender procedure. But they're getting into that pipeline. And, of course, we now have limitations on the counseling, the therapy that these children can have once they say, well, I feel like I'm 
A girl says, I feel like I'm a boy. Now, th- this doesn't even get into what they call the bottom surgeries, which uh, we, we played a clip at the top of the program from Vanderbilt, where they say that can cost as much as $100,000, and it's a huge moneymaker for these hospitals. So not only do we have the, the left driving this destructive ideology, but now we have some that are trying to cash in on it. You know, what should we make, what should we make of this? How should we be responding? What do we need to do to protect our children? Joining me now to discuss this is Dr. Jennifer Bowen. She is the director of the Center for Family Studies here at the Family Research Council. Dr. Ballins, welcome back to Washington Watch. Thanks for having me, Tony. Okay, so let's, uh, I want to start, it's always important when you have conversations that you start with definition of terms, because I think that the left intentionally chooses terms to, uh, I mean, just like we see it with legislation here in Washington, they change the definition, they they pick these nice-sounding terms that really are deceptive. So I want to start with, this is the broader discussion here about these types of procedures is called gender affirming care. Mm-hmm. So, what is gender affirming care? Basically, uh, gender affirming care is both uh, physiological and psychological. So, let's just say a child goes to a therapist, and that therapist, which, by the way, many codes of ethics in our nation. Uh, any, many professional codes of ethics in our nation uh, support gender-affirming care. So what you have is this sort of feedback loop where if, um, if you have the, those who are performing the physiological gender-affirming care um, say, we want a referral from a therapist who is also in that same ideological bent, you just have people who are, um, no one's able to sort of see clearly because everyone is bought into this ideology. Or if they haven't bought into this ideology, they're feeling immense pressure like what we heard from from Vanderbilt University. So so in some, I mean, gender-affirming care is, is both uh, psychologically affirming the transgender identity that the child um, says that they they endorse, and then you have the physiological procedures, which could include um, uh, hormonal uh, puberty blockers, cross-sex hormones, um, and uh, it, like as you mentioned, top and bottom surgery, which is really uh, a mutilated a mutilation of the body. So there's some. It's kind of incongruent where you're talking about affirming, is it affirming to to mutilate a, a human body, to take off healthy body parts just because someone will feel good, or at least they, in the short term, they may feel good? That's what healthcare has become? That is unfortunately the reality that we're working in right now. And uh, we need to be affirming our children's God-given identity. Uh, we, we need to be affirming them so that they stay connected to their spirit, soul, and body and not encourage like uh, a sort of Gnostic gospel where there's a separation between the spirit and body. God gave us the temple that he intended us to be in because there's a calling of God on that <laughs> particular um, uh, uh, sexual um, expression and, uh, for lack of better terms, of that identity. Right. I, I want to 
quote from this New York Times piece that came out this week just uh, kind of highlighting the, the top surgeries, which is the removal of breasts of, of women, of, of young girls. We're talking about minors here. I'm talking about minors. And, and I want to quote from this New York Times piece. It says, much research has shown that as adults, transgender men generally benefit from top surgery. It relieves body-related distress, increases sexual satisfaction, improves overall quality of life. And then it goes on to say, a few small studies of transgender adolescents suggest similar benefits in the short term. And then it moves right along. So first off, we don't have much of a body of, of research to talk about the implications for minors getting these irreversible procedures. And what we do have suggests it's only beneficial in the short term. Yeah, I'm so glad you mentioned that, Tony, because... That also stuck out to me, and um, I, I looked at some of the studies that the New York Times is quoting in this uh, article, and these studies are, one, is done by one of the major transgender surgeons in the country, in L.A., Dr. Olson Kennedy, and she's the primary investigator in this study, and then, um, which, which should give you pause to begin with. But you look at the quality of research that's coming out. Uh, these are qualitative studies. So if you don't know what that means, basically, that's what you would do at the beginning of a research agenda when you're still learning about a certain topic. This isn't something that you, a method that you would use to, uh, you know, do a heart surgery or, or any kind of physiological procedure. This is an initial investigation, and these are the types of studies that they're quoting and saying there's a small body of evidence that shows that these procedures are useful for what they term chest dysphoria. Uh, in other words, used to support cutting off healthy breast in adolescents. So it's really disturbing that um, the quality of evidence it, that's being used to prop up these gender clinics. Um, it's, we've never seen anything like this before, in, in, um, in, in our country at least. Uh, and then the other thing I would say is the, in the um, Olson Kennedy study, they, they cite um, almost 100% people of people in the study said that they were satisfied with the surgery. Uh, so when you look at other, other interventions that are used to treat psychological issues, that's a phenomenal number. That never happens. I've never heard of almost 100% success when it comes to a psychological condition being treated with some intervention. Um, but you see this over and over again in the transgender uh, literature, or the research studies, where they have these phenomenal um, uh, uh, numbers that that just don't line up with what we know in the rest of the psychological literature. Right. But it's it's so quite it, something. It's another red flag. Another red flag that yeah. th this is this is a political agenda that's being driven. And as you said, there is tremendous pressure upon professionals to either get in line. In fact, we saw this at the uh, the situation in Vanderbilt where uh, I don't think we have the audio of, of this, but um, Daily Wire host Matt Walsh, Walsh uh, uncovered a lot of the shocking details and, and wrote extensively about it. And uh, one of the experts there on staff, one of the professors at uh, Vanderbilt, 
uh, Ellen Wright Clayton said, basically, if you have a problem with this, you need to go someplace else because this uh, this is happening and you better get in line. And that's happening to professionals all across this country. So you can really no longer trust, I hate to say this, but you can no really longer trust the doctor, the professional, because they are having to, uh, or they, they're willingly marching to the beat of the left's drum. So I, I want to ask you this question, Jennifer, because before we run out of time, I want to have this discussion. At, at, at the Prevote Stand Summit in Atlanta, Georgia, a couple weeks ago, you did a panel uh, discussion on this, and there's been a tremendous amount of response to that because parents are trying to figure out, all right, my kids are being, you know, they're coming home, they're questioning their gender, they're being indoctrinated with this at school, in the media. What do I do? So help those parents kind of get their equilibrium on this in, in a way forward. Yeah. And um, and there's no uh, one broad answer um, that, that I think is a one-size-fits-all, but... Um, one thing that we can say is, uh, sorry, I'm losing my earpiece here, um, is that... Yeah, I want to make sure you can hear me. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, is, is It's important, as, as others are affirming an, a false identity, that we need to go out of our way as parents and as a community of believers to affirm our young people in who they are and really call out the God-given bents that they have and and celebrate who they are. Um, I, I don't think we can do that enough just to just to be an encouragement. I mean, that's one really simple thing. But also, I think it's just so important to remember that um, usually kids who are the most vulnerable to this, there are other underlying issues going on. There's, a, there's lies or there's things that they're believing about themselves. It I think uh, at the Pray Vote Stand um, Summit, Kathy Grace Duncan did a great job of sharing some of the things that um, where, where lies came in that caused her to believe that it wasn't safe to be a woman. And, and it's going to be different for everyone who might be susceptible to this ideology, but to, just to remember as a, as a parent or as someone who's uh, supporting a young person that there's always a reason and that um, transing a child is never the answer. And the the evidence would show that most of these children will grow out of this if if they have the support structure and they're given the the encouragement to go through the you know through adolescence. But then also there's evidence that shows that a lot of these children, as they grow older, five or ten years down the road, regret these surgeries. Yeah, that's right. Um, and there isn't enough. Um data on this. Um, there isn't enough investigation to show that uh, people do regret these particular surgeries. And and what a horrible thing to introduce to a child that's trying to figure their life out and trying to figure out who they want to be and what how they, how they want to um, spend their life growing up. And then you throw this in the mix. Um, or, you know, you add uh, something like abuse. What a confusing situation to be faced with. Uh, before we run out of time, one final question for you. Is, is this something that, that our churches need to be addressing? You know, pastors need to be speaking to this because if there is not a, you know, a, a standard of truth 
that addresses this, children are going to be drawn in by what they're hearing in school, what they're hearing in the media. Yeah, absolutely. We, as the church, we really need to be alert to this. We can think that this is happening in, you know, some strange school out in in San Francisco, but the reality is that this ideology has permeated so many of our um, universities. So what they're producing in, in in the fields of education, well, every every field, it doesn't every field's been touched by this ideology, and we need to equip our um, our people to be ready to face this ideology with love and truth. And and I believe um, we can see this turn. We're already seeing the evidence yeah. uh, of this turning. All right, Jennifer Bowens, great to see you. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. And by the way, folks, I'm going to get up, uh, hopefully, uh, here in the short bit, I'm going to have a link on my website, TonyPerkins.com, to the panel that Dr. Bowens and uh, and others did at the Pray Vote Stand Summit a couple of weeks ago in Atlanta that talked about this. I know it's uh, it's really spoken to a lot of parents who have seen that panel. So I encourage you, uh, give me a little bit, but uh, check out the website, TonyPerkins.com. Also, take the pledge to Pray, Vote, and Stand. Text the word PLEDGE to 67742. Until next time, I encourage you with the words of the Apostle Paul found in Ephesians 6 where he says when you've done everything you can do, when you've prayed, when you've prepared, and when you've taken your stand, by all means, keep standing. Washington Watch with Tony Perkins is brought to you by Family Research Council and is entirely listener-supported. Portions of the show discussing candidates are brought to you by Family Research Council Action. For more information on anything you've heard today or to find out how you can partner with us in our ongoing efforts to promote faith, family, and freedom, visit TonyPerkins.com. Also, to leave a comment about Washington Watch, call our watch line at 1-866-372-7234. That's 1-866-372-7234. 